If you're enjoying this Med Prep to Go Step 1 podcast, you can now get the content along with the content of the Crush Step 1 podcast ad-free in one bundle. Just go to medpreptogo.com and find our new subscription podcast called Med Prep to Go Step 1 Bundle. This is Dr. Ted O'Connell with the Med Prep to Go podcast. Today we'll be reviewing three anatomy questions. Just a reminder that you can also find these questions and many more on our website at www.medpreptogo.com. If you have feedback or would like to get involved contributing to this free online and audio question bank, please contact us through our website. If you like what we're doing, please give us a review and tell your friends, as both of these help us a lot. You can learn more about me and my new books and projects at www.tedxoconnell.com. All right, let's get started with the first question. A 17-year-old boy presents to the emergency department complaining of severe left shoulder pain, which began one hour ago. He was at his high school dodgeball game when he extended his arm out to reach for the ball. A member of the opposing team fell into him from the front, pushing against his abducted arm. The patient is unable to move his shoulder and holds it to his side. On physical examination, The area over the deltoid of his left arm appears flatter than that of his right arm. He holds his arm at a slightly abducted and externally rotated position. Radial pulses are normal and equal bilaterally. Which of the following nerves is most likely to be injured in this type of dislocation? A. Axillary nerve B. Median nerve C. Musculocutaneous nerve D, radial nerve, or E, ulnar nerve? The correct answer is A, axillary nerve. Anterior dislocation of the shoulder is the most common of glenohumeral joint locations. The glenohumeral joint is most susceptible to dislocation when the humerus is in the abducted and externally rotated position. Extreme force may lead to anterior dislocation when in this position. Looking at the brachial plexus, the axillary nerve is most susceptible to injury from anterior dislocation. Answer choice B, median nerve, is incorrect. Injury to the median nerve would result in loss of sensation to the ventrolateral aspect of the hand, loss of the ability to abduct and oppose the thumb, and ape hand deformity, weakness in forearm pronation, and weakness in flexing the digits. Answer choice C, musculocutaneous nerve, is incorrect. Musculocutaneous nerve injuries are rare, although they may be seen in severe trauma situations, such as a motor vehicle collision or severe crush injury to the arm. Answer choice D, radial nerve, is incorrect. The radial nerve can be damaged in humeral fractures at the mid-shaft. The patient would exhibit loss of sensation of the dorsal hand, posterior arm, and forearm. In addition, these patients may lose the ability to extend the wrist and fingers. Answer choice E, ulnar nerve, is incorrect. Ulnar nerve injuries can be seen in trauma to the medial epicondyle. The patient may exhibit claw hand deformity, 
and lose sensation of the medial aspect of the hand. The key learning point for this question is that forceful abduction and external rotation of the glenohumeral joint may lead to anterior shoulder dislocation, and the nerve that is most likely to be injured is the axillary nerve. Question 2. A 27-year-old woman visits her obstetrician for a routine prenatal exam. She is 29 weeks pregnant with her first child. Her only new complaint is two weeks of numbness in her hands that has been causing her to drop objects she is holding throughout the day. She reports that the numbness is worse in the morning and characterizes the sensation as pins and needles. On physical examination, tapping just superficial to the flexor retinaculum reproduces the sensation. She exhibits a positive response to the Phelan maneuver. There is significant loss of sensation to light touch over the ventrolateral digits, the thumb, index, and middle fingers. Which of the following nerves is compromised in this patient? A. Axillary nerve. B. Median nerve. C. Musculocutaneous nerve. D. Radial nerve. Or E. Ulnar nerve. The correct answer is B. Median nerve. This patient is experiencing symptoms of carpal tunnel syndrome, which includes pain, numbness, and tingling in the thumb, index, and middle fingers. Patients may also exhibit decreased grip strength. Obesity, pregnancy, repetitive use of the wrist, and rheumatoid arthritis are risk factors for the development of carpal tunnel syndrome. The nerve responsible for causing these symptoms is the median nerve. On physical examination, the physician can perform two diagnostic maneuvers. The first is eliciting the Tenel sign, which is performed by tapping just above the median nerve as it passes through the carpal tunnel at the wrist. A positive sign elicits a tingling sensation in the distribution of the median nerve over the hand. The Phelan maneuver requires the patient to allow the wrist to fall freely into maximum flexion and maintain the position for 60 seconds. If the patient has carpal tunnel syndrome, this will also elicit a tingling sensation in the distribution of the median nerve. The key learning point of this question is that carpal tunnel syndrome is a complex of symptoms and signs due to compression of the medial, median nerve as it travels through the carpal tunnel. Pain and paresthesias typically occur in the median innervated fingers. More severe cases may result in weakness or clumsiness when using the hands. Question 3. A 47-year-old man presents to the emergency department with complaints of progressively worsening shoulder pain and weakness over the past three weeks. He works as a grocery store stalker and reports that lifting heavy objects and breathing in seem to exacerbate the pain. On physical examination, the patient's right eyelid appears slightly lower compared to the left. Further inspection of the eyes reveals a smaller right pupil in addition to flushed, dry skin on the right half of his face. The lung bases are clear to auscultation, but the right apex is dull to percussion. S1 and S2 heart sounds are normal. 
Chest X-ray reveals a unilateral consolidation at the apex of the right lung. If this patient's lesion is in the cervical spinal cord, at which of the following levels would the lesion be expected? A. C2 to C5 B. C4 to C7 C. C8 to T1 D. T2 to T4 or E. T4 to T5 The correct answer is C. C8 to T1 This patient has Horner syndrome, which manifests with ipsilateral facial flushing, ptosis, the superior tarsal muscle, meiosis, pupil constriction, and anhydrosis, the absence of facial sweating. It may also cause shoulder weakness if it affects the brachial plexus. Horner syndrome can be produced by a lesion anywhere along the three-neuron sympathetic pathway that originates in the hypothalamus and that supplies the head, eye, and neck. The first-order neuron descends caudally from the hypothalamus to the first synapse, which is located in the cervical spinal cord at levels C8 to T2. A pancoast tumor, which this patient likely has, is a lung cancer occurring at the lung apex, which may affect the cervical sympathetic plexus. The key learning point is that Horner syndrome manifests with ipsilateral facial flushing, ptosis, meiosis, and anhydrosis, and can be produced by a lesion anywhere along the sympathetic pathway that supplies the head, eye, and neck. This pathway passes through cervical spinal cord levels C8 through T2. That's it for this episode. Check out our other episodes, which we are actively recording. Just a reminder that you can also find these questions that we reviewed today, as well as many others, on our website at www.medprep2go. And I encourage you to also check out the Crush Step 1 podcast, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. 